0: My name is Sarah Vioso. In May of 2020, I was diagnosed with glioblastoma, the most aggressive type of brain cancer known. This is my spiritual journey of completely surrendering to God's will while healing my soul through his grace. Welcome to Surviving Fear. Episode 31, Accepting Help. In... October of last year, first of all, I'm so proud of myself. I'm not starting with so. I almost didn't. It was a very big effort not to say it. But in October of last year, my cousin Jenny and my brother came out at the same time to visit me and help. And I I mentioned my cousin Jenny before because she is who I trained with and ran a marathon with back in, I think it's 2014. It was like seven or so years ago. And I just want to explain Jenny. And, you know, if you all have cousins, cousins are the best, especially Italian cousins, because we call, like, I, my one cousin that actually lives not far from me, you know, his, their kids call me Aunt Sarah. I think they're my third cousins. Like, I don't even know how it all works out, but they're my, like, their kids are my third cousins, but they call me Aunt Sarah. And I just think it's great. You know, it's because that's who you are. I have friends whose kids call me Aunt Sarah, and I think it's the best thing. And I, so that's why it's like, I feel like sometimes in, I don't want to say ethnic circles, because like in Italians, it's like everybody's your aunt, everybody's your uncle. And I think sometimes that happens. Like my friend is Japanese and her kids call me Auntie Sarah. (laughs) I think it's amazing. I love it. It makes me happy because it's just that close. I guess it's that, that close feeling or a close relationship. It's that that person, it's almost denoting that person as someone that's very special in your life because you're giving them a family title. And Jenny's my cousin. She, jenny is the oldest so the way my italian family worked this half of my family there's eight grandchildren the first i am the youngest of the first generation of grandchildren i have twin cousins david and jenny who are the oldest a year later came my brother brian and about two and a half years later than that came me and then there's a break and then there's my other four cousins and so Jenny, so it was always whenever we went to visit, it was always Brian and David hanging out and then my cousin Jenny and me hanging out. And Jenny, since I was younger than all of them by about three years or four years, Jenny and David, they, uh, you know, Jenny always treated me as her little sister whenever. And we didn't get to see each other much. I mean, Jenny, they lived in Connecticut and I was in Texas at the time, but when we first were there, you know, I was in the Pittsburgh area. We were uh, outside of Steubenville in New Cumberland, West Virginia, and that's when we would see them. But then when we moved, we would go see them, you know, every summer. I spent every summer growing up in Steubenville, Ohio and um, around Pittsburgh visiting family because that was our vacation because we only got to see them during the summer once a year. And it's amazing, it's like, I give so much credit to my parents and to our family, to that generation of our family, because they know the importance of family, and they cherish that. And I have friends that I would deem as family, you know, that I can count on. I mean, I, you know, they're kids, I mean, we call each other family, you know, this is my family, because that's just how close we are, because, you know, Paul and I, are away from our family. We're close to Paul's family, which is great. I'm so glad we're geographically close to them and we're, we're emotionally close to them, but like my family, we're all been so separated for so long, but it's so great that that's still a priority is getting together. And I just think there's a love that goes on between us. That makes it so important. So when I first was diagnosed, it was, it was hard. It was hard. And Jenny's like, I'll be there. You just call me and you just, I'll be there. And, she doesn't say things she doesn't mean. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate that Jenny is such a free spirit. She is such a free spirit and just goes with everything. And I just love her so much. And I just so appreciate that. So, and she's funny. And I, I really enjoy watching her and my brother get together because they just laugh. They may not even do anything and they just laugh. And it may, I love just getting to watch that. Lot. Sometimes I'm part of it, but I'm not nearly as funny as the two of them. They're hysterical. So Jen, anyway, Jenny came out, which was wonderful, with Brian. And they came out just to help me with my kids because I was in chemo. Um, I was done with radiation at that point, which was great. But, you know it still knocked me down. And when I was with her and with Brian, I mean, we would laugh to tears all the time. Like it was just, it was like every other moment we had tears in our eyes from laughter. And it just makes me think of, and I don't know if I've met, I mean, I know I've brought up steel magnolias before, but like one of my favorite lines in steel magnolias, again, if you haven't seen it, like my husband who has not seen it and refuses to, um, it's just one of the greatest books and I'm, or movies. And, you know, I don't even know if it's a book first. Surely it was a book first. I mean, all the best movies were, but maybe not. And that's, you know, that's not a fair statement because I've seen some really good screenplays that were written as for movies. So sorry, I'm very much digressing here. But still Magnolias, there's a line. And it's after I think I talked about the funeral scene. And I was referring to when Weezer, it was, there was two characters that, you know, it was just getting serious. Like people were sobbing and crying because the mother of the daughter that had, um, passed away was having her first meltdown and there were everybody around her is crying. And, you know, they, they turned to laughter and they all started laughing because someone made an inappropriate comment saying, just hit her, just hit her. And they're like, you will not hear, hit me. That's between Weezer and Clary for those of you that know it. But afterwards, and I told you, I think Dolly Parton's character, who Dolly Parton might be the greatest entertainer of all time, I mean, this she made entertainment her life in such a giving, open-hearted, selfless way. I just love, she's like, this is what I want to do. She doesn't have kids, but her her and her husband, who've been married like 50 or 60 some odd years, she goes, nope, I'm entertaining, but she does so much for kids and does so much for different philanthropy. She's amazing. Again, I digress. But... Her, she has this great line in the movie and she always, she plays that wise woman and she said, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. And I think laughing to tears is my favorite emotion. I love that laughing so hard that I cannot breathe. No sound is coming out other than I think clicking in my throat. And I don't even know how that happens. And tears just streaming down my face, not being able to get control of myself. I think one of my favorite things to do is to get to that point in front of my husband, who's just looking at me like I'm ridiculous. And then it makes me laugh even harder because he doesn't understand why I'm laughing so hard. It's just, and eventually he cracks and starts laughing. It makes me happy. But you need that person in your life. You need that person in your life that might be a complete opposite personality as you. And I don't think Jenny and I are complete opposites. We share a lot of the same characteristics. Um, but you need that person that is a complete opposite of you or somebody that's just in your life that just makes you laugh. Guaranteed laugh. And I have several of those. I'm so fortunate in my life. I have several of people that I just laugh with and it just makes me happy. I are, it, That's how life is meant to live is the laugh. And I just, so much healing happened during that visit. I mean, and I just shaved my head. What was left of the hair? I mean, it's an asymmetrical mohawk. And I was like, just forget it. I'm like, don't even try. Like, I'm just like, you know, if you're balding, I, to me, my, the way I felt about it, it was like, and I didn't want to wear wigs. Wigs are my thing. My dad's like, I will get you the best wig you want. You just pick them. I'm my like, dad, not a wig girl. I would rather walk around bald. Give me the Britney look any day of the week. And Brittany, I think you're amazing. I think you're a great entertainer, but. Yeah, when you shaved your head, you made it great for all of us cancer patients that had to shave our head. So it's like, oh my gosh, I was like, I, I am just going to shave it. So I just, you know, I wasn't, it was a hard thing to do. And I've talked about that before, but it was so great to have them there laughing as I'm in glasses with no hair on my couch and an oversized t-shirt and just cracking up. And you need that person in your life that does that for you. You need to have several people in your life that do. Don't be afraid to laugh to tears. It is fantastic. But it was just so grateful that I had them there to help shuttle my kids around because I was still knocked down and I needed to sleep a lot and help my body heal. And it just was so hard for me again to accept the help. Like, no, no, I'll do this. No, No, I'll do that. And then finally, I think Jenny yelled at me. Seriously, I'm here to help you. Let me help you. And accepting help is not easy. It's not, especially when you're the one that loves to help. Like I get so filled. My cup is filled when I can help somebody else. But sometimes we have to take that humble approach and be like, sometimes you can't do it. And that allows someone else to shine their light. It allows them to fulfill or get filled by the Holy Spirit because they got to help somebody else. And those people that are doing that for you, that are helping you, they're your earthly angels. You know, I believe we have angels that are here on earth because God uses them to be angels here on earth while they are still in their earthly form. You know, while they're still human. And you have to allow that to happen. You can't stand in the way of that. And that is a lesson I've been learning over and over again. You know, I'm finally getting to the point where I can start helping people. I mean, not on the level that I used to, where I could, you know, make big, giant Italian, homemade Italian feast and deliver it to like five different people and say, here, have some soup here, have some pasta. You know, I don't have the energy to do that. I'm slowly getting there. I don't know if I'll ever have the energy to do that again, but I'm grateful when I'm able to do it because it makes me feel good, but it also makes me feel good when someone is doing it for me because A, it's helping me and B, I'm getting to watch them shine their light. And that was definitely a perspective change that had to happen for me because God uses people to reach us. He uses people to help us. Um, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, I've mentioned because I went through standard of care for glioblastoma, which I've said before, it doesn't always work. In fact, most of the time it doesn't work. And what the standard of care is for glioblastoma is after you if you're lucky enough that your tumor is in a position that it's operable which mine was um then they start you in radiation i think within 6 weeks they are, that's the goal from resection is that you start radiation within 6 weeks and then they then, and as you're on your radiation five days a week, but you're on chemo every single day and it's a pill, like Tamadar is a pill. So it's not like I'm going in for, um, transfusions or I'm not going in having to, you know, have IVs given. I just take a pill at night and all good. And there's something to think about that standard of care is it doesn't work And some people don't make it through. And it's hard to hear that with that. Like, this is your option. Sorry, we don't have anything better. And you just kind of cross your fingers and hope for the best. And then I, you know, something Paul and I really had to talk about was pulling that back and saying, you know what? I know that's the standard of care. And like, as humans, I feel like we always try to put things in a box that fits everybody. Everybody fits in this box. Well, if you have glioblastoma then this is the box you fit in. And if you have breast cancer then this is the box that you fit in, fit, you know, fit in. If you're struggling with depression then this is the box that you fit in. But we aren't we aren't all the same. God didn't make us all the same. He made us different for a reason because we all have different gifts. We, you know, I can't sing worth a lick, but I can do math. Where some people are like I'm an amazing singer, but I cry at the sight of an algebra problem, you know. So God gave us different gifts on purpose. We all have a different purpose. So just to remember, like, if you find yourself in a struggle and you're given a certain path that they're telling you, 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 you know, everybody walks this path, your path is unique. It's unique. And I just wanted to, and I know I really shifted on you when I'm talking about, oh, how much I love my cousin and I love my brother and how to laugh. And then I'm like, okay, now let's talk about standard of care. But It was something I was thinking about, and when when something weighs on me, I just kind of like, okay, we're shifting gears, so I'm shifting gears on this. And any of you that have been given a standard of care, I just wanted to reach out to you for anything, whatever the struggle is. Sometimes it's okay to, like, get away from that. Like, I chose my... My, what I supplemented mine with is I wanted to add acupuncture to my life. I wanted to add a new nutrition to my life. I added meditation to my life. I added, um, some supplements to my life. Like, and I added exercise to my life. And that's my way of kind of deviating from the path to keep myself healthy and keep myself strong. But you have to do what you're comfortable with. And I've talked about that before. You have to do what makes you comfortable. And. When I mention your path is unique, there's a book out there that is actually a children's book that my friend Jill had brought to my attention. She said, this is my boy's favorite book. And she goes, I think you should read it. She goes, you're really going to like it. And it's called Little Pilgrim's Progress. And some of you may have read it. And if you have, it's it's great. It's it's I think it's geared for second to sixth graders. But I mean, I read it last year and I... We'll never get rid of that copy of that book. And I will read it over and over again. And it's a chapter book. It's pretty lengthy. And it's, the storyline is Little Pilgrim, this is his name, is he wants to take a journey to the celestial city because he was told that that's where his mother is. I mean, this book is full of metaphors. It's full of it. And it's just, and it actually originally was written in the 1500s and then it was, rewritten in a way that children could understand. And it's such a simple yet profound book on our earthly lives versus our eternal life. And it's about, you know, the little pilgrim decides to make this journey to the celestial city. And, you know, on his way, you know, he's trying to avoid the evil prince and his army but they're always disguised. So I don't want to tell you too much about it, but like the army, you know, helps make life easier. That's what they said. I'm going to make your life easier. You know, they always use these empty promises to try to gather, you know, get the pilgrim off his path. You know, he uses temptation and deceits to try to lure the pilgrim away from his goal say, no, just go this way. It'll be easier. Oh, I promise. You know? And then when that didn't work, then it was like, they would go with self-doubt. They would go with pity. They would make the, you know, pilgrim to feel worthless. And it was the pilgrim's job to stay focused on, I'm trying to get this celestial city. And you just, something we need to remember is that, you know, when you're dealing with those, Along the way, you know, like I've talked about before, I mean, you know, Satan is here on earth. I fully believe that, that we, there's temptations and lies that are told. Anything that he can do and his army can do to deviate us or weaken our connection with God. Now, God doesn't weaken his connection with us. He gave us free will. He gave us that gift. We get to choose him. He's already chosen us, but we have to choose him back. And, you know, the evil in this world is full of lies and, oh, this will make you feel better. Or you just have to do this. Come on. You need to look out for yourself only. Put yourself number one, like stuff like that. Those are, those are lies. And this, it's just a reminder that you know, I'm reading this book and I learned so much for about it, and I highly recommend you getting it to read it to your kids, read it yourself first. Um, there's so much more to the story, and it's so fantastic. But it was very comforting when I read it, and it's just such a remember that the Bible is the one truth that exists. I feel like we're lied to over and over again. I feel like constantly have a salesman in my face. Oh, buy this, buy this. Oh, this will do this for you. And there are some really phenomenal salesmen out there that are truthful. And I love that, but it's like, I, maybe I should say there's snake oil salesmen out there. Sometimes I just, I hate when I feel like I'm not sure if you're telling me the truth. You know, I'm not just be straightforward with me. And the one place that I know without a doubt that I can find that is the Bible. It gives us direction and it makes promises. And remember that, you know, there aren't just evil army out there. God has his own army. He has his own army that protects us, remember? He uses his shield to protect us. And he fights for our souls. Just as Satan fights for our souls and he tries to take us that way, God fights for our souls too. And just the fact I know that I have good guys on my side that care about me, that God cares about me to fight for me, me who's imperfect, me who has sinned, me who's made some horrible choices in my life, me who's doubted, me who gets scared, me who sometimes don't, doesn't, can't see his promises, me that's, I feel like I've hurt him. But he still loves me and he keeps taking me back over and over again. That gives me comfort and that gives me peace. So I want to close this out with um, sharing with you Psalm 28, 7, and that is, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him, and I am helped. So remember to find that laughter. Try to laugh to tears at least once this week. And I look forward to seeing you at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, J.T. Henderson. Writer and director Sarah Vioso, producer and editor Kristen Walker, artistic creator Laura Ritchie, graphic editor Linda Lee, and musical artist and composer Adam Vioso.